everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to season four, episode four of Fercala Girls. We're so excited. This season, we are talking about Tapestry of Call. And we uh, have a new guest with us. Yes. You have heard her before, and we're so excited to invite the Nyla Curry back to share with us uh, just around the theme that we've been talking about, about this woman's vision of call and vocation, doing the work that your soul must have. So we welcome Nyla Curry. We welcome each of you. Let us enter into her story of call. What's up for college girls? This is your girl, Nyla Curry. The parts that make up my call in this time are, I want to raise up this, this statement given by Alice Walker. She gives a definition of womanism, a four-part definition. And within that four-part definition, she says that at times a womanist is not a separatist except periodically for health. Um, so for me, a major... I would say the centering point of all of the parts of my call at this time is being a separatist, is being someone who was focused on my individual health. And in this time of solidarity, the parts of my call have been creating pieces of art um, that are social justice focused. In this solidarity, a part of that has been planning for ministry and creating fun events and workshops for my uh, own LLC, Tribe Purple. So, yeah. Nyla, welcome. It's so good to have you back in conversation with us. We're so grateful for you. And yes, it's good to be back. Yes. (laughs) You know, we know you, we love you. Um, But for some of our listeners, it's the first time meeting and hearing you. So to start, can you just introduce yourself? Absolutely. My name is Nyla Curry. I am the daughter of Deanie, the granddaughter of Ida, the great-granddaughter of Big Mama, a.k.a. Big Mama. Come on here. But uh, I am light. And I believe that I am called to brighten my light as much as I can and show people the light and show people how to be light. I am a savage, a savage womanist who cannot be controlled or conformed to uh, the standards of this society. Okay, here. I am an artist because I love to create with words, with art, um, with my life. My life is a piece of art, and I'm continuously working on that. And I would also say I'm a womanist and a curator. As you once told me, Laura, a curator of sacred um, spaces, that has really stuck with me. And I believe that is a part of my mission on this earth. So thank you for having me. I love you, ladies. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. Um, for those of you who are listening, both Laura and I have been dancing throughout her introduction of herself just because it's just, it's so lovely to hear. <laughs> we love Nyla. So it's great to have you back and to have this conversation and that you are part of this tapestry of call that we have been trying to share with the world and how each of us come with these very uh, unique and interconnected gifts. 
So thank you so much. And you shared a lot of that, um, of who you are and where you are in this time um, with us, with your entry. So we're going to start there with just asking some questions about that. Yeah. And I guess one of those things that come up with your entry and that you've shared with your your introduction is like on womanism. And in this current season for Fur Collar Girls, we're talking about tapestry of call inspired by Alice Walker's definition of womanism and how that intertwines with uh, Reverend Dr. Emily Towns' expression of womanism in relationship with call and vocation, where she says that call and vocation is doing the work that your soul must have. And so uh, in just reflections of you self-identifying as a savage womanist, would love for you to just kind of uh, share with us more about what that means. What what does womanist mean for you? Uh, and what is the work uh, that your soul must have in this season? Yes, good question. Shout out to Katie Cannon, Ashe. May she rest in power. And can we just invite her and all womanists into this space and all yes. Black feminists? Yes, yes. Ashe, we Ashe. just we just open this space for all feminine, Black feminine energy to come in here. Maya Angelou, come on in here. Mm. Come on in here, Cicely Tyson. Let's talk, let's talk, let's talk. Energize this space together. So a womanist for me is a... So womanism for me is a philosophical vehicle by which we center Black women's stories and experiences. It is a philosophical vehicle by which we extract moral truths and ethics for our daily living through Black women's experiences and stories. It's a vehicle by which we are able to express ourselves fully and openly through art, um, which I love, through words. Uh, through spiritual expressions, ritual, like libations, and Ashe calling the ancestors in, Ashe. And you know, when when it comes to womanism, someone asked me, um, what's the difference or is there a distinction between womanism and Black feminism? There is, there is so hard to pinpoint, but I would just say that it is the vehicle by which I continue to expand and liberate as a Black woman um, and it's a great um, it's a great vehicle by which I can center my own stories and explore self and others from there. That's what I'll say. I like that. And I appreciate that definition. And I also appreciate not having to give an answer what the distinction is, because I think part of it is just wanting to define and and pinpoint what makes us different. And I think part of the gift of womanism is that we do acknowledge our differences. We do acknowledge that we all come from a different lens, but also we celebrate what is what it is to be Black and what it is to be woman and what it is to be all of those things together in community. And so to it's fine if, if someone wants to make that distinguish, you know, that's to distinguish that for themselves as either a black feminist or a womanist and i really i really appreciate that we can identify how we want to identify but that we also don't have to give any more <laughs> reason or definition to distinguish ourselves um 
It's just what we, it's just who we are as a part of how we express ourselves. And speaking of which, one of my favorite parts um, about your journal entry to us was how you shared what that expression looks like for you. Specifically, when you talked about tears and what that means. I've been showing up for myself the best way I know how, and I'm sure we're all doing that in this time. But I've especially been showing up for myself by letting the healing waters flow. Have you cried lately? Let the healing waters flow. Tears are helpful for healing those wounds of ourselves. Tears are helpful for expressing the laments and losses of this present day and age. Tears are a sign that one is able to let go and express grace for their existence, express grace for their circumstances and for themselves. Would you care to just elaborate a little bit more on how that has been a part of your journey right now and the gift of just allowing our tears to flow? Absolutely. Come on here. Let the healing waters flow. That's all. Let the healing waters flow. When I, when I submitted this journal entry to you, I was extremely exhausted mentally, physically, spiritually. Um, and I was just like, just trying to get to myself and get to a space that was quiet. And a part that really helped me to kind of journey inwardly and really acknowledge that everything was not okay was just the outward expression of tears. Um, and I love that. I think I got it from the shack or some, you know, some cheesy Christian movie. And they were just like, let the, let the healing waters flow. And I was like, you're right. I will. Like, <laughs> um, I come from a space, I come from a family that did not a lot of times believe in crying, especially like getting angry. Like, don't you dare get angry. But if you cry, you weep, but we, we're not going to, you know, you're not going to get a, a whooping because you're crying, but it, you know, so there were like levels of, oh my God, just brokenness in my family. And so, um, just getting to myself, acknowledging like, my experience, my feelings, my emotions. It just required me to just cry. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in very weepy seasons and that is okay. So that's where I was in that space when I submitted the journal entry to you. Mm. And what uh, and what an invitation to you because you're right, like tears are a language that... Um, <laughs> That, like our bodies just need and, and and that's like another thing that you said that came up in your journal entry about um like how for you being whole uh when you shared the journal entry was like being in dialogue with your body <laughs> and I am just you know because we've talked a little bit about pleasure activism by Adrian Marie Brown and kind of this whole invitation to as we think about social justice, as we think about leadership and even ministry, like how do we center pleasure for ourselves and our bodies? So 
I'm just interested of like expanding, like what has that meant for you and your journey of call about being in dialogue with your body, whether it's tears, whether it's pleasure, like how has that shaped and inspired you in the current ministry and leadership that you are exploring right now? Yes, absolutely. So I think, first of all, shout out to Adrian Brown. That book is amazing. I love pleasure activism. I enjoyed it. I think there's something about fully understanding and exploring and accepting one's sexuality. There's something about fully understanding what one needs when it comes to self-intimacy um, that has an effect on one's entire life. Like, how are you supposed to be passionate about Paul, passionate about people, about healing and liberating others when you yourself have not experienced that level of liberation in your own intimate life behind closed doors? And so that was one thing I was really wrestling with. Um, I think that while I was in deep dialogue with myself, and I'm, I still am um, in many ways, it impacted my call um, because in being in deep dialogue, it allowed me to drown out a lot of voices. We get a lot of voices. We get a lot of fe- white noise feedback from everyone who think you should be doing something in particular with your call, your purpose, your invocation. But it took me to just silence those voices and go within and say, what really makes me happy at this? What really makes me happy? You know, what really makes my heart sing, jump? You know, one of those, one of the concepts that came up for me in that quiet time was expansion. Like, you know, come on here, Hippolyta from Lovecraft Country. I will always love her. Like, (laughs) I will always love that forever. You know, what is what ex- expansion? What does it really look for look like for me? I had to go deep down. And a lot of the answers were things I've already known, like I've known for forever since I was a child. You know, a lot of times it's not that we don't know, is that we forget. We forgot what we were passionate about. We forgot, you know. Um, those things that make a heart sing or where the foundation of our calling and our vocation. Um, and it's a simple, it's maybe it's a Sankofa moment, you know, a self-Sankofa moment. It's a going back into self. Go to that, that as Howard Thurman says, that, that, that altar that you have within you. It's, it's that altar upon the island. You know, you have all these seas, the seas of your soul, the emotions, the the things that you're going through in your soul. And then there's an island with an altar on it with all of the precious things you've had ever since you came into this world. So, and then I'd say um, deep dialogue, um, it prevents it prevents and catches physical ailments um, that I would numb myself to. and you know, otherwise just let, just go rampant, but really, really sitting with self and saying, you know what, you know, my, my, you know, my back really hurts. And I did, I just realizing that how much time I've spent on these stupid computers (laughs) over the past. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, just dealing with that. And then I would just add one more thing. 
that when I was in deep dialogue in myself, I found the power of mothering self because there are some things that my mother did not teach me about being a woman, about loving myself, about exploring myself in whatever way you think exploring yourself is, that I had to go back and say, dang, okay, <laughs> like, let's sit with this, you know? And then there's that, this little girl in there that I'm trying to nurture and love who's been with me forever, who gets jealous, who's selfish, and I have to put her in check And sometimes I just let her out and let her do her thing. But, you know, really, really getting in tune, um, getting to deep dialogue with yourself at times requires mothering. Okay. I mean, we can end it there, but we won't. We won't. We won't. We won't. We won't. We won't. (laughs) You just, you shared so much, so much and just dropped so many gems. Um, I really appreciate this dialogue you have with that, your inner self, your youth, that, that little person, right? I, because I, I have a, I'm going through a similar kind of awakening where you tap back into that, that person that you are, um, that lived probably a little bit more free, right? Than we allow ourselves to live now. So Thank you for sharing that. I hope people hear that. Like there's something beautiful about nurturing and tapping back into your your younger self that needs to, ha- to hear the love and, and be nurtured, right? Um, ugh, so good. So yeah. here's the question then, right? Because I think that we have yet to make a full connection with how love for self and care for self and doing that work with self, how that really empowers us to then do the work within community. Because I, it's been mistaken, I think, <laughs> that these kind of um, tapping in and, and being alone and really nurturing ourselves has been mistaken as like, like being selfish because for so long um, what white supremacy and part of this Western Christianity has done is says you have to be selfless, right? And so for us to try to work through that narrative, um, it's like a back and forth. But I do think it does something for us in terms of how we then become a part of community so um, would you like to share kind of how that has been nurturing you to then be nurturing and be a part of community right now? Absolutely. Be You are self-full. That's what I tell myself in the mirror. You are self-full. Oh my goodness. I'm so full of divine energy. That's a distinction, y'all. There's a distinction between, we get so caught up in this westernized uh, notion <laughs> Oh, selfish is bad. No, I'm humble. I'm a, I'm a child of God. I'm humble. There's no one but God. I crucify myself every day so that Christ would live and not me. I'm like, no, no, we, we, we in this together. Holy Spirit, she's with me. I'm here too. We can all be all full. There's enough space in the universe for you to be self-full. What does self-full look like? I'm going to tell you. 
I just want to give a shout out to my sister friend, Laura, who gave me Matthews 22, verse 37 through 39 that I just just preached on this Sunday. Okay. And my title of my message was, I love me some me. I love me some me. The, the scripture says, you know, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind and soul and to love your neighbor as yourself. But how are we supposed to love neighbor? If you have a crappy sense of self, how are you, how are you going to treat your neighbor? How are, you going to, how are you going to fully love them? And if you can't fully love and accept your neighbor for, for who they are, being the Imago Dei made in the image of God, then how can you even begin to love God? How can we begin to love God, to receive and to give love to the divine if we don't have the capacity to give and receive love within ourselves, you know? And so I I told this story um, here of what self-full would look like. Um, 10 years ago, I was in a dressing room. I love to shop. I, I was in a dressing room at a department store. And this woman, she didn't know I was in there, but she said, she said some very scary things. She said, look at you. You're so blank, blank fat. Look at you. You're so ugly. You don't deserve to get these jeans. Blank, 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 blank. A 20-something-year-old me was standing there just Frightened. I was just petrified. And suddenly her daughter walked in. And it's almost like the tone in her voice shifted. It got lighter. Um, and she even chuckled as her daughter, um, I'm assuming, was twirling around in the in the dressing room with her. And it really seemed like she loved her daughter, that she had grace and patience for her daughter. And I was like, now imagine how much more you could have loved your daughter. If you shared that same radical love and compassion and patience that you have for your daughter with yourself, how much more could you have loved your daughter? How much love are you denying your daughter right now because you're denying yourself the grace and love that you deserve? And I mean, you know, and it it expands out. That's what I love about love. You know, the greater love, the greater capacity we have for loving ourselves and valuing ourselves, um, the greater the capacity is, it expands out to our communities, our neighbors, our lovers, ow, and God. Ashe? <laughs> Ashe. That's it. That's it. That's it. And I, so what's really beautiful to me is how each of, your story, so each being like each person we've had on so far, have really, they've kind of connected with each other in their own way. So we heard from Vanya about this idea of trusting yourself and trusting your instincts, right? And we hear from you about loving yourself and being full, right? And all of those are connected. It's very hard to trust your instincts if you cannot be full and love yourself. So, so those things are connected. I'm just trying to make the connections for the listeners. That's all. Because I see it. I just want you to see it. That's all I'm trying to do. That's it. Yes. Yes. Connections are there. And 
Gosh, you know, as we're talking, I'm I'm also thinking as like for Black women, the work that we need to do to unlearn the ways that society sees us as, I, I can't remember who said it, but this whole sense that like we are the workhorses of the society have always been that. Um, and even as we like move up our vocational ladders, you know, we still have this mentality of doing so much work. And then at the end of the day, like we're exhausted that like we can't love and care for ourselves. And like, we're even pouring out of like an empty cup. And so, yeah, it is almost flipping that, um, that golden rule of like, love the Lord, your God with all your mind, your heart. And like, remembering the last part, right? Bringing the last part to the first part. Like in order to love, you have to love yourself. And I just think that that's just like such a lesson to put into practice of like, what does that look like? Um, And how do we do that in a way where then in our relationships and our vision and our mission and what we're creating and building is influenced by that deep sense of self-love. So that's just beautiful. All of that. All of that. All of that. Yeah. I want to know, can you, because Nyla, you're creating so many beautiful things, like, and I just, I kind of just want you to brag on yourself a whole lot, like, from Tribe Purple, your spiritual grit with the podcast and, and, and live, as well as your art, like, like, you, you're, I mean, incredible is not even a word, like, who you are as a creator is the life breath that I feel like the world needs right now. And every time like you post something, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is hope for another day. Um, Especially. So I'm going to stop talking and would love for you in any way that you want to share to just talk about the ways that you're creating and how we can support your creations. Thank you. I would just say that the feeling is mutual for college girls. The feeling is mutual. The world is better because of you. And maybe I'm a womanist and I'm just very partial to you all, but I'm just saying <laughs> you're doing amazing work. And I thank you for always sharing your platform um, with others. Um, so I have a lot going on, which is probably why, what I need. I need to slow down a little bit, but I'm having too much fun. So I just started a new body of work that elevates Black women and that is very Black speculative and Afrofuturistic, which I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying. Um, And it also plays on prophetic imagination. So everything I do is always spiritual. It's always, it's yeah, it's always has some kind of spiritual undertone to it. And so long story short, there may be a children's book coming there may be um, a graphic novel cover coming. Um, not my no- novel, but someone else's novel. And I'm also uh, working on a series of short stories that center around Black women. And the short stories, um, I'm going to be making a lot of submissions to different magazines, um, up-and-coming Afrofuture magazines, and all kinds of stuff. One of my favorite short stories that I'm working on right now it talks about uh, climate change and the main protagonist is just this black, queer, wonderful individual, you know? 
because a lot of times I've been inspired by a lot of my um, uh, one particular queer sister friend who's just absolutely amazing. Um, and she inspired me to put this story together. And then I may be, um, I may uh, need the help of Four Collared Girls in creating an, and planning an anthology around sexuality in the Black church, specifically for Black, for women and girls. Um, yes, yes, Tamika, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you. I will be um, asking you soon for short stories to, or, or just some kind of uh, mini autobiography to put in this on your experiences around sexuality in the Black church. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> done, done, done. Yeah, already signed up. It's fine. Yeah. Yes. Yep. You're I good. I already know. Oh my goodness, I'm it. so ready. So this is, okay. So this is the thing that I think um, you're you're offering us to because I think for many of us when we when we are pursuing or living into our calls and vocations we might feel a little limited especially in the ones that we feel where we might are like we are it's not a feeling <laughs> where we are one of the few women black women when women of color and a more and a predominantly white denomination or white spaces. And so there might be this feeling or even a reality that there's a limitless, like there's some limits to what we can do in those Mm. spaces. But what I hear you saying through like what you're doing, through the healing work that you're doing for yourself um, and the gift that you're giving us right now is that when you give yourself the time to just be in word, to love yourself, to be full of yourself, right? Um, that then what comes out is this like, it, like you burst with creativity. You burst, you burst with like something new. And it may not be that you like to draw or you do something else, but there's something inside of you that wants to manifest. And when you start to nurture that part of yourself, it just can't help but come out in some way, Right. So I hope that people hear that and what you're sharing, because that is a gift that you are giving us right now. It's just like with your talents, with what you're sharing is showing that like it's possible. You're not limited by uh, where you are right now or what you have been called to do. That might just be a starting place to something else that moves you forward. So um, and I think that just goes along with what you shared um, about tapping into uh, the waters within, just like circling back to where we started and that overflow that's available for us that's within. So I just want to, I don't know. I just, I just love you, Nyla. That's all. I just, yeah. I love you too. <laughs> yes. So much love right us, now. So much love right now. And just to be mindful that limits, scarcity, and competition are all constructions are all constructions. You have unlimited potential divinity, creativity within you right now. And society limits us. We limit ourselves. We put the limits on and the restrictions on. Um, And I think that's another part, you know, going back to that 
getting to self, you know, sitting still with self and getting into those deep waters with self is that self-love, I found out, always requires one to be their most fullest and authentic self. So if you feel called to both, I don't know, both be a preacher and a a pole dancer, well, you're just going to have to work that thing out. I mean... I, what I'm saying is, <laughs> is that you you should not be listening to the voices around you, but you should be your most authentic self because it is in us being our most vulnerable and authentic self in our art, in our work, the work that our souls must have, is that that's when we start healing other people and allowing them to be their most authentic self. So yes, amen. <laughs> yes just gems and fire, like this reminder, right? That, um, what did you say? Scarcity. You have to repeat that. I feel like it was such a word. Scarcity. I think it was scarcity, um, competition, competition and limitations. Scarcity, yeah. competition, and limitations are all constructions. Boom. Yeah. All constructions. And you know, what's hard is that like, those constructions are so deeply ingrained in our bodies that often that like we don't even know that we're playing into that system. And so what you've offered us today, like for the moments to sit, for the moments to cry and to feel and acknowledge what's happening in my body right now, even if it's a simple body scan, right? Just sitting mm-hmm. in silence, right? Allows us to be free of those constructions and move towards the calling that is within us, like that deep reservoir of living water that you named. Like, yeah, like that is within us. And we have to tap into that in order to thrive and also like be the healing presence that others need. And I think that just kind of goes back to Tamika, what you're talking about of how like self-love connects to community um, it's just kind of like, it's that whole cycle of like, when we release those constructions, tap into ourselves, you know, of course, something beautiful is going to manifest. And it's beautiful to see that in you, Nyla. Like, we're not just talking to talk about that, but like, it is, it is here. This is what it looks like when you sit within yourself and you examine what's going on and then you pull to see back that there's so much abundance already waiting for you and you can create in that space so yeah I just like affirm and I'm like oh that's a good word and you just reminded me Laura that we are there is the universe and we are our own little universes and as the universe is expanding as the universe expands we are also called to expand we are expanding every day so thank you for Reminding me of my expansion journey and how much more I'm excited to expand and to explore. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah. You're welcome. That, <laughs> right now, y'all, we're just taking it all in. This is just a, a life-giving conversation. That's all. I don't, I don't want this to end. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I hear, I hope, I hope people hear this word of, of fullness, of expansion, of all of that. So, wow. Well, Nyla, you have blessed us. 
once again. Um, yes, you have blessed us. And we want to know how we can continue to support you. So where can we find you? I know there are going to be people who listen to this and say, um, excuse me, I'd like to know a little bit more um, about, about Nyla and where I can support her and where I can follow her and hear this wealth of knowledge. So where can people find you? Of course, you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn at Nyla Curry, N-I-L-A-C-U-R-R-Y. And I'm just getting into, I'm just getting into IG. Okay. So bear with me, but you on IG, you can um, follow me at Savage Womanist. I would love to follow you back. You are savage. Ow. I just, uh, yes. I think that's all I can say. <laughs> well, before we go, do we have time for one more question? Yeah. Um, I wanted to know what is one practice that you would invite our listeners to, in a way to tap into that living water within themselves? Like what's a way to kind of begin to embody just the call that your soul must have? How would you invite folks to, to do that? Um, I would challenge, I would make a challenge to tap into the practice that you're not great with. So if you don't like um, reading too much, tap into reading the Bible, tap into reading some Toni Morrison, tap into reading broadly, widely. And, you know, if you're not intimate, if you're not familiar with your body, I would say tap into the, the, the spiritual practice of masturbation because that is everything. You know, so whatever it is that you are having an issue with, you know, tap into that particular thing. If it's, if you have a problem with diet, is you know, it's not necessarily a fast, but tap, tap into some sort of practice that will be mentally, physically, and spiritually fulfilling, and that would help you to draw closer to the divine. Thank you. That's wonderful. All good things. Yes. Spiritual masturbation, all of those things. Yes. That's going to be a whole other conversation you're going to have to have. That's that's (laughs) on our next podcast. That's on our next. (laughs) That's going to be a whole other, which by the way, is a worthy conversation. So Mm -hmm. yes, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Nyla. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Queens. You are everything. And I'm so happy that I could join you today. Thanks. You're the best. All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Nyla, thank you for your truth, your wisdom, your story of linking this relationship between call, vocation, and embodiment. Just how the spirit shows up in our bodies as we're discerning how we're called to show up in the world. Thank you. Uh, And thank you to our listeners uh, for checking in with us today and hearing this powerful story and thank you to our patreon supporters odai productions for putting this episode together we're so grateful for you and we look forward to the next episode we, we are the girls, girls. <laughs> <laughs>